Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells. Thank you for watching this video. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, and check out Inside Texas, our current promotion. You can get access all the way up until August 31st for only $29. So get all the way up until the start of the season for a great price. Uh, come check us out at Inside Texas. It's going to be the place to be for recruiting info, so much more, uh, summer workouts, SEC info, and baseball coverage for a number one team in the Big 12. Today, ESPN, they started hype season a little early for us uh, with Cheers. the release of some FPI numbers that have Texas not only in the top 10, but in the top five. Uh, after that, we'll get into a little bit of discussion about uh, the upcoming recruiting. Uh, a lot of different players are going to be in town. A lot of top recruits. We'll also talk a little bit about the draft. So, Justin, I don't know if you're a numbers guy or a film guy, but uh, ESPN FPI comes out every year, and we, it seems like we we kind of have this same discussion because the numbers, like they did last year, love Texas. Yeah, that <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes with ESPN if they do this because it's good information worth reading, or if they do it because they need to fill time until August camp. Um, either way, it's one of those things where I feel like it, it works. Um, on paper, Joe, Texas has a lot of talent, man. They have a lot of guys coming back. Uh, the roster is definitely more improved than it was even last year. And so it's, it's not hard to see the hype. It's not hard to start – drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid because there's there's a lot of good things that are happening here. It's not just the team. It's the schedule. It's it, it's a lot of kind of what's going on over the next six months. And so Texas has a good bit of momentum coming off of the spring game. And I guess ESPN decided to reward them with uh, a little top five uh, FBI talk. Yeah, and, and there's an accompanying article, but – uh, I think the thing to note with this is this isn't like Adam Rittenberg or Chris Lowe or Heather Dinich putting these numbers together. This is like their analytics department, yeah. um, and they use a bunch of different metrics. Uh, you know, their own recruiting rankings, which we know are flawed, but they are recruiting rankings. Uh, they use returning production, returning talent, all that uh, to go into whatever formula they have. And the formula they have labeled Texas as the number five team in football power rankings. And like I said last year, Texas started the year, I think, number seven and finished number seven. And there were a lot of other teams that, you know, had nine wins and 10 wins and 11 and 12 wins in that category. But there was Texas as a numbers darling. And I think a lot of that has to do with having a talented roster, which, again, merits can be debated. Even the Athletic did that today. Yeah. Uh, but also not giving up explosive plays and scoring on explosive plays. And I think Texas, for all the trouble with deep ball and stuff last year, they were able to to do pretty well um, in that metric and, and make sure that uh, they they weren't giving up explosive plays. TCU stands out. Alabama stands out. But, you know, outside of that, like, I can't think of a ton of explosive touchdowns, maybe the Baylor game. Either way, we'll go into the numbers real quick. Uh, of course, Texas, number five in FPI, um, number four, LSU, number three, Georgia, number two, Alabama, number one, Ohio State. Unfortunately for the Longhorns, the Tigers, uh, even the Michigan Wolverines and the USC Trojans, there's a clear line 
between number three, Georgia, and number four, LSU. Uh, between, you know, with the Buckeyes, Crimson Tide, and the Bulldogs. Yeah. Those three are in the upper echelon. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. I don't think anybody's going to think that either Texas or LSU is at that point quite yet, but both are in upward trajectories. It appears under head coaches who are in their first couple of years and now Steve Sarkeesian in his third year. Uh, but I think the thing that really uh, is what Texas fans want to know most, it's not if they're going to win six games, which they have a 99.9% chance to do. Right. It really isn't, I think, this year. you got to be realistic and think. It's not the 5.7% chance to win the national title. It's that 54.4% chance to win the conference. And ESPN even talked about that, how, you know, because Texas is in a Big 12 with some good teams, there are, I think, seven teams in the top, maybe 30 or 40. Uh, I couldn't remember the exact figure, um, but there's only nine conference games. Uh, it's a league that has new teams, um, but Texas is getting Houston, who's lost a lot from last year, uh, yeah. and getting BYU, who who knows what you get on a yearly basis with them. Um but I'll tell you what you get on a yearly basis with BYU 24 and 25 year olds with kids and a family to feed. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but that's all to say, you know, these numbers take in data. They don't, the numbers don't have eyes, but the numbers say this is the year that Texas really should be playing for a big 12 yeah. title. And I think everybody involved with the program, whether they cover it, whether they're inside it, whether they're, um, sitting in Bristol, Connecticut, they all think that you know this is going to be the year that Texas has to play for Big 12 title. Not to say that Steve Sarkeesian's job is going to be on the line if he doesn't, because that's been the cause of some problems in the past 10 years, but it would be an incredible disappointment if they're not at least in Arlington in the first weekend in December. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like, we didn't need to see the numbers to know that, to know that <laughs> – Listen, Texas belongs in Arlington in December. They've got the roster to do it. If they get to there, that's that's the big question. But now we've seen it broken down. We've seen it from the analytical standpoint. And just over 50%, like, I like those odds, Joe. I actually think this team is legit. It's not just – we said it earlier. It's not just the schedule either. It's the, the, the conference this year. I, I feel like – uh, TCU is not going to not going to make the same run that they did last year. How much they fall off remains to be seen. Kansas State probably is is the other really really. I feel like Kansas State is the solid choice, the safe choice. I know they lost some guys as well, uh, especially Deuce Vaughn. But but Kansas State is very well coached, and Chris, Chris Kleiman has them doing well. If you look at this chart, the only other Big Twelve team is Oklahoma, and I think Oklahoma's going to be better this year by default. They, they, they've upgraded the roster. There's no way they're going to have the season that they had last year. In Norman, it really doesn't, you know, that, that that's not a, a regular occurrence since like the early, mid, late 90s. And so that, you know, you see on theirs, and I think they have like a 24% chance of winning the conference. If you look at their roster, it's it's not really close to Texas so much. So this year, especially from an experience standpoint, and so at the end of the day, yeah, Matthew just scooted that down. So now we have TCU down there. <laughs> They're at 5% to win it. Um, and then, oh, man, Texas A&M. 
0.4% chance to win. Goodness gracious. Woo. Man, no wonder Jimbo's been giving people hell at press conferences. R regardless, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't think we need the numbers to know Texas should be in the Big 12 championship this year. But there's a lot of should be's over the last decade, Joe. And, and this team, until they put it together, I think there's going to be a good section of fans that are um, going to hold on loosely. Yeah, and I get that too. And looking around the conference, uh, percentage chances to, to win the conference per FPI, uh, like you said, you got Texas at 54.4, Oklahoma at 24.5, and then there's not a lot of faith in the rest of the Big 12, at least from ESPN's numbers, because no other team has a greater than 6% chance uh, to win the conference. Uh, and that's you know TCU right there at 5.7, uh, followed by Texas Tech, Baylor, Newcomer Central Florida, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. And that's all the teams that are in the top 40 of FPI. And even, you know, the the, the very, I guess, concerning thing for maybe these newcomers is if you're Cincinnati, if you're Houston, if you're BYU, you're already perceived as being the back half of the conference. And Texas yeah. is getting Houston and BYU, unfortunately not getting Oklahoma State next year because that seems to be a program that's on a downward trajectory uh, as opposed to anything else. But, man, I think it all goes to show these numbers are very indicative of what we all think at Inside Texas, at any other site, at any other outlet inside Moncrief, just outside Moncrief in the tower that, hey, this is a year where Texas can definitely make a big run and should be at least – in the Big 12 title game. So anything else on the uh, uh, yeah. FPI the, front? The top three. And like you said, there's a drop off there. So this year, the, the, the thing that's going to happen, what we're going to see this summer is a lot of predictions of Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia in the college football playoff. And that four spot's going to be the one that everyone debates. Like it, there's not going to be a lot of argument with the first three. And so you got to look at LSU, Texas, Michigan, USC, Clemson, Notre Dame, Penn State, Tennessee, Oregon. Like, I, it, to me, the most fascinating thing is the drop off from that three. There's so it's one of those things where Texas has about as good a shot as anybody else for that four spot simply because there, there's nobody else that's jumped up. There's nobody else that returns a ton of talent that, that, that scares other people outside of those three schools. And so, to me, that 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 shows Texas that, that that that's one reason I think it justifies that Texas could be in that playoff because there isn't one team. Now, now there's always going to be a program every season that sort of jumps up that has a better year than we expect, um, kind of like TCU did last year. And so USC is going to be better. We know that Clemson's going to be better with Clay Cade Clubnet. We know that Michigan. That's going to be the big, big question there. I know with J.J. McCarthy coming back, that's what they all have in common. And then Jaden Daniels, the LSU, they all have a returning quarterback. And, and, and I think Texas can hold, hang its hat on and Quinn Ewers as well. And so, man, if you look at it, it's more interesting the more we break it down because that fourth spot is going to be essentially what everyone is battling for. And, and, and that's going to be what, what kind of drives – the, the content, that's what's going to drive people's attention. It, it, it's getting that four spot. And if Texas can get in the Big 12 championship and win that game, Joe, that's when I think you'll finally get to see UT kind of break through 
because the, the, it feels like this is a year with the schedule, with the Big 12, the way it is, it's lining up for UT to make that run. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Right there with you. <clears throat> that top 15 is pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of big names there in that group. Especially Utah should be down. higher. Utah should be higher. Florida State, I think it's going to be better. Heck, I even think USC should probably be in the I, – I, I bet USC is going to end up being in the AP poll, probably a number six, number five type team. Uh, we'll see what what uh, the, the numbers and other aspects view them as, but – yeah, I, I, man, that's just a fun uh, graph, fun set yeah. of numbers, and it has me excited for. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not season. buying Notre Dame, and I know Sam Hartman is a, is a great addition to that program. I'm just not buying Notre Dame. I, I think they lack playmakers. Penn State, man, that's another one that's kind of Franklin's got those guys in a, in, the, in a good position, and I love Drew Allar. Like I think he has got an NFL type future. Um, and then you got Tennessee. Yeah, there's some debate here, man. That That's really good. I, I, I kind of like these. It's part of why they make it. It's part of why we're talking about it. Uh, but let's move on to a little bit of recruiting. Uh, we got some interesting news you put out the other day uh, about one of the top wide receiver prospects in the state of Texas. Uh, someone who Texas has recruited, brought around the campus a, a good amount, uh, is coming off an injury, but Texas is going to have him on an official visit, and that's Freddie DuBose in the class of 2024. Uh, of course he posted, he'll be coming out for an official visit, uh, I believe in June. Uh, what, but you were able to talk to Freddie. He's coming off an ACL injury. Um, he's at Smithson Valley right now. Uh, what's the latest with Freddie and where do you see him kind of fitting into the wide receiver recruiting landscape? You know, Freddie's a known commodity in the state, the state of Texas, uh, before his ACL injury, he's one of the best athletes in the state bar none. Uh, Freddie can go, I mean, this is a guy that that, that that turns and burns on the track. He's a, he's a phenomenal receiver. Uh, moved to Smithson Valley, I believe, a little over a year ago. Um, Freddie's one of those guys that I think if you break it into tiers of receivers, you've got Micah Hudson and Bryant Wesco kind of in their top tier. And then at the very next group, you've got Freddie DeBose. You've got him right there in the Ja'Kyle Baker you know, kind of area there, maybe maybe even as Zion Kearney down the list a little bit. And so with the Bose, you know, I think what Texas is doing is is exactly what you're supposed to. That you know, they're recruiting him. Chris Jackson is a fan of DeBose. He's got a lot of upside, but the question remains how how healthy is he? How 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 
how true to form is he going to return to coming off that injury? He's been running track this year, Joe, and, he, and he's been doing well. If you ask him, he'll tell you he's healthy. But he'll also tell you, yeah, maybe 80 or 90%. I think he's still kind of kind of uh, tinkering in that range. Regardless, it, he's a guy that if he's healthy, you get him on your roster. Like right. If you're going to take, say, four receivers in a class and he's the third <laughs> receiver and he's healthy, you've got a dude. And that's what DeBose offers. And I think that's why you've got teams like Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, Texas Tech, uh, Tennessee. You've got some other schools that are in the mix because, you know, prior to the injury, DeBose is one of the most explosive athletes in Texas. And so Texas recognizes that. They're, they're watching his rehab. They're watching him come back to form. They're watching his track season. And the fact that they schedule an official visit tells us they, they definitely want to see him a little bit more. Yeah, it's an opportunity for coaches to get to see him up close, uh, get to interact with him more. You know, I think in the past he's spoken to both you and me about how much he really likes watching Arch Manning play. Uh, I don't think that's changed over the course of his recruitment. So um, just another uh, – it'll be an interesting puzzle that uh, Chris Jackson has to put together when it comes to the wide receiver position. He's got as many spots as there could be in the class. They are all open right now. Uh, so that'll be fun to track over the course of the recruiting calendar. Last thing we want to talk about, of course, next week we'll dive into it real deep, but the NFL draft uh, is next Thursday. So I guess we could probably do like a preview show when we record next week. But uh, we kind of uh, spoke yesterday. Uh, we did a Twitter space over on Inside Texas uh, talking about the draft and uh, just where we think some of the players are going to end up. I think we all are pretty much in agreement. It's going to be Bijan at and, and within the hopefully within the top twenty picks, uh, but yeah. definitely within the first round. But you and I had some disagreement on where we see the other guys going. Um, I think I think we also uh, well, Rashawn's a third is a third rounder, right? I had Roshan Johnson probably being this next guy taken off the board. I believe. So and did then I. after Roshan, I had Moro Ojimo, Demarvin Overshone, and then Keandre Coburn. Was that the order that you had? It was very similar. Obviously, Bijan and Rashawn are the first two, uh, the best two players in the program last year. I have Overshone going with the third Longhorn off the board, then Ojimo, then Coburn, and then we'll see what happens with, with obviously, with Jamison, Anthony Cook, and, and the rest of those guys that are up there. But, you know, you made a really good point yesterday on the Twitter spaces. Uh, over the last few years, if, if the people that recruit negatively against Texas, some of it's been, hey, look at the NFL draft. They haven't been as, as, as prominent throughout the NFL draft. And when it comes to recruiting and talking to 16-, 17-, 18-year-old high school prospects, <laughs> the NFL is where they want to go, and every single one of them thinks they have a chance. And so going to that school, going to a specific school that puts players in the league on a regular basis has become popular. You know, LSU a few years ago had 14 kids drafted in one, in one cycle, and I believe they signed the number two class <laughs> that year after that. And that's how that works, you know. And so I think for Texas, the negative sell against the uh, development is going to start to backfire because they're going to have five guys drafted uh, next week. And then they're going to have a handful signed as rookie free agents. And so I, I think that's what, one of the things that's going to help Texas from a recruiting standpoint. And, and, and they don't necessarily need a lot of help. Sark and those guys have been really good over the last few years. 
And they've really lined themselves up well with a lot of the top guys in this 2024 cycle. But the fact that they're going to have guys' names taken, the fact that you're going to see a Longhorn walk on the stage, I think is significant. And it's not going to end there. Next year, there are going to be a, a handful of more guy, uh, guys that get drafted. Year after that, you're looking at potential Kelvin Banks walking across the stage. Next year, potentially Jatavian Sanders could be walking across the stage. To me, that's the impact that we'll see in recruiting. We may not see it in this particular cycle, but we're going to see it not become so negative down the road. And to me, I think that's just one more hurdle that the, the Texas staff and the recruiters are going to won't have to mess with. And, 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 and that and that's the way it should be, Joe. I mean, let's be honest. Texas is has been a perennial power when it comes to the NFL. They've had you know legends come through the league. And only in the last few years have there been a few bad drafts. I think we've I think those are in the rearview mirror now. And I think not only it'll it'll help the football program from an exposure standpoint, but recruits pay attention to that stuff, Joe. And they listen when these coaches negative recruit other schools. And let me be very clear. There are not many schools in the country that get negatively recruited more than Texas. That They just don't exist. It's almost I feel like some of these guys coaches have taken a class in it. It's like it's their job. And granted, maybe that's that that's that's the advantage they need. That's going to start to dwindle. You're not going to be able to use that as much. Now it's going to be they've got just number too many numbers. They've got too much talent. Why would you go play quarterback there? Look at their quarterback room. I'll tell you why you go play quarterback there. Look at their quarterback room. Look at the development of Quinn Ewers over the last year. Look at the development of Malik Murphy over the last year and a half. And then you get to then you'll get to see in the next 12 months what Arch Manning looks like after a year in the system. I think the NFL draft is going to go from being a negative on the recruiting front to a positive. And it, it's those little bitty deals there that, that can sometimes change the direction of a five star coming to Austin or not coming. Yeah, I'm with you and should be excited. We'll be uh, covering it head to toe. I'm, I'm about to start being an NFL draft writer uh, for this upcoming week. So it should be a lot of fun. I always like doing this because I, I try to be pretty honest in, in how I think teams are going to view players. And I use a lot of different resources and it's it's pretty fun. I, I look forward to this this week. I don't do this during the past three months where we overanalyze if CJ Stroud took a left step wrong, but it's like Super Bowl preview. It's like the Super Bowl preview. They do it for two weeks, 24 hours a day. So by the time the Super Bowl arrives, it's like, eh, it's finally here. Yeah. That's what happens exactly. with the NFL draft. I don't pay attention. I love my man, Dane Brugler. I love the work that those guys do. The NFL draft guys, they are tremendous. The, the, more power to them. There is no way in hell we could start talking about this in January. No, that's way too much. So thank you all so much for watching. Uh, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, make sure you check out InsideTexas.com. Again, you can get access to all our premium info uh, until August 31st for just $29.99. A great deal. Gets you all the different recruiting intel, team intel. You know, there's still some SEC details to be figured out. So come check us out. Uh, thank you again to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson. Justin, thank you for joining me. And I'm Joe Cook. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.